0: You're listening to We Die First, a podcast for black horror fans, by black horror fans. We're back, spooky squad. That
1: was good. Is yeah, you didn't sound like You didn't sound like <laughs> a clown trying to promote some weird circus.
0: Yeah, guys, this is our third attempt, I guess technically now. Trying to record this episode, it is cursed. <laughs> Much like Cabrini Green, it is cursed. I know.
1: Oh man, <laughs> it's crazy. For for our devout, my mother, and our one anonymous review lever, we unfortunately had to scrap our last take of the Candyman episode because someone will re- remain nameless. Their mic fucked up. And their mic didn't fuck up, but just the audio quality was not up to We Die First standards. So. Nah,
0: that mic fucked up. That mic, you know, I bought that <laughs> mic for like $25 on Amazon.
1: All right, well, I <laughs> It guess... lasted
0: a year, and I think it's about as long as it can last, and then it fucked up on me.
1: <laughs> well, you got your money's worth. Well, I
0: did. I actually, I would <laughs> say I got more than my money's worth, honestly.
1: And then, yes, we've been trying to record this episode, this redo- and we got literally 10 seconds in and we had to restart it's it's been a time everybody
0: yeah and the second time was my fault to you guys
1: yeah (laughs) we can't let this slide by that up to this point it has yet to be my fault there's still no
0: i own up to it i'm in a fucking chaos demon so (laughs) what can you do it's in my blood how you doing andrew (laughs) for the second time (laughs)
1: Yeah. Much like uh, much like the other time, I'm still doing good, and I've still accomplished nothing.
0: Still good, nothing's changed in yeah. No, yeah five minutes.
1: <laughs> How about you, besides derailing an entire podcast again?
0: I mean, honestly, I was going to say I didn't do much, but I've been pretty productive in that sense. So yes, it's been a great day. Hmm. Just undermining progress all around.
1: <laughs> uh, the Karen of podcasting.
0: I am the Karen of podcasting.
1: Mm. Oh man. That'd be Topical. the best shitty podcast. I'd probably I'd give it a listen.
0: Oh, I'm surprised that some like somebody in the improv scene hasn't done like a two Karens one podcast type deal and just like <laughs> we're just being Karens, but it's it's funny and it's cute cuz it's ironic.
1: But we are both named Karen and we will both talk to your manager. <laughs>
0: You know, I don't know how I feel about the Karen meme nowadays cuz um I think it started off as being a way for like black people to conceptualize like the weaponization of white feminism and white femininity and now it's just kind of devolved into like lol let's laugh at this white lady screaming in the grocery store for not having to wear a mask. It's yeah. like I think we I think we've like gone off course a little bit people.
1: Yeah, that's 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 a Carol, not quite Karen status. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, well, I guess lives are also at risk for Karen in the grocery store too because it's a pandemic still. So,
1: that's true. That's true.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, but um, you know, we're not here to talk about Karens because fuck Karens. We're um, we're
1: here to talk about Helen's.
0: Helen's, yes, Helen's a different type of Karen. <laughs> a more ambitious, <laughs> equally, um, a, uh, I guess, uh, a, a determined and very stubborn type of Karen, but we're covering Candyman, um, today. Classic, great classic, which I remember when we originally discussed it, at least, at least mentioning how I think relevant it is given the state of things. And it's been a week and I would say still relevant. Not much has changed. Yeah. Still trash. (laughs) America is still a dumpster fire, so still relevant. Um, But yeah, Candyman, 1992, um, directed by Bernard Rose and starring Virginia Madsen, the iconic Tony Todd, Xander Berkeley, and Cassie Lemons. Um, It's based on the short story The Forbidden by Clive Barker. And the film follows a Chicago graduate student who was completing a thesis on the urban legends, which led to the legend of the. (laughs) Trying to get out, guys! (laughs) Andrew I'm so sorry I don't know what's happening to me okay do it again Candyman, 1992, directed by Bernard Rose and starring Virginia Madsen, the iconic Tony Todd, Xander Berkeley, and Cassie Lemons. It's based on the short story The Forbidden by Clive Barker, and the film follows a Chicago graduate student who is completing a thesis on urban legends, which leads her to the legend of Candyman, the ghost of an artist and son of a slave who was murdered in the late 19th century.
1: That was brilliant and done in one take. <laughs>
0: Yo, like you're not about to come for me. <laughs> like please.
1: Uh no, I mean please stop. <laughs> I, I dig it. That's why I try not to read all of the the upfront stuff because I will stumble over my own words. So thank you for taking the brunt of that.
0: Yeah, you know. Black women doing all the work. Um so, what do you think about the movie?
1: <laughs> I don't appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, but I did appreciate this movie.
0: You were like, um, no, false.
1: Uh, um, <laughs> 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 yeah. But then I had to think about it. I'm like, oh man, Sneak does do a lot of the work. <laughs> I just show up and try, try to be funny, and still I'm like, fuck.
0: Yeah, just sit there and look pretty dull. All right, I got this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, uh, much like I'm going to try to refrain from saying much like i said last Yeah, true. let's 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 make a a
0: truce right now that we're not we're gonna pretend like this is the first time we've ever talked
1: about this movie this is the first time and i promise i'm not trying to shoehorn the same things i thought were funny in the last recording into this one anyway holy shit this movie was scored by philip glass (laughs) (laughs) philip
0: glass you say (laughs) <laughs> never heard of him.
1: Oh, Sonique, you don't you you've never heard of Philip Glass? Well, he is an American minimalist composer, and that's all you need to know. But uh, I found it very interesting that you know it'd be like if you're watching a movie and then it's like scored by Beethoven. You're like, oh, what? Like,
0: <laughs> but you're dead. How?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's mo- that's mostly it. Mostly like Beethoven came back from the grave. To score Candyman Two, the Candyman can.
0: <laughs> That'd be amazing. Oh, Philip Glass is from Baltimore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this is news. I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> Listen, if if it's not ebonic I did it once before on another episode. I'm just looking for any famous Marylanders at, at any point, so everyone gets a little once over on their Wikipedia page and I find out where they're from. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> no, I do like the the music in it, in this this movie. The music is really, like, mm, I don't know. I don't know what how to describe it, but it's, like, just generally creepy, but, like, really beautiful. You know? Like, I really like, um I guess, and, Candyman's theme. I don't know what you'd call it. Yeah. But, like, the music that gets played whenever he shows up, basically, is pretty awesome.
1: I like his and Helen's theme. Mm-hmm that's beautiful Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and um a point which I definitely never made before I love that this movie (laughs) has like a very gothic-y feeling even though it's set in the 90s it's in Chicago there's nothing gothic about that but it definitely has this air of like an older type of creepiness and I think it could be in part because it is like a boogeyman movie. So it kind of has that same feel of like a Dracula or like, I don't know, like it's kind of classic horror, but for like a modern age, which makes me very excited to see the eventual remake of this movie or the reboot that's coming out this year. Cause I'm very excited to see, you know, if, um, I think Nia Deca- De Costa? Nia De Costa, yes, is directing it. I'm wondering if it will take on similar, like a similar tone or if we need a little bit more different. And I don't know. It's, but I think it's, I don't know, its just a really cool atmosphere all around.
1: Yeah. I'm i am trying to think how they would practically achieve that sense in this day and age. Because <laughs> I feel just, it's not like the cinematography.
0: Hey, and, I, I'm, and I'm not saying it has yeah. to be that.
1: It's a cool air about it, though. It's one of the things that makes the movie so dope. Mm-hmm. And just, just.
0: Yeah, and just like very, I think, unique.
1: And just Candyman's soothing voice opening up the movie. (laughs) Sets the tone.
0: (sighs) Tony Todd's voice is just, I don't think that man gets enough credit. I really don't. I think that he is like a living legend, but no one talks about him enough.
1: We're talking about him. We're keeping his. We're keeping him alive.
0: Yeah, we're doing that. You know, Candyman's legend really just depends on whether or not people believe in him. Yeah, and that's the same to be said about Tony.
1: He Don. almost disappeared.
0: <laughs> I say his name five times in the just mirror, just to make sure he's around.
1: <laughs> he's okay. Oh man, do you remember? <laughs> yeah. When speaking of just making sure he's around, so it opens up right with. It's an interview, like a recording. I'm even saying this, like pretending like this is mm-hmm. not the second time we've done this, but I still legitimately forgot how it's done. Oh, no, it's fine. But it's, uh, <laughs> but it's uh, the person being interviewed about the Candyman urban legend, and it's in Indiana for no reason. And then this girl's babysitting. I still am floored <laughs> by this. And then invites this guy over. She's this high schooler, invites this guy over. That's not her boyfriend.
0: But also definitely in high school as well.
1: And also totally in high school. <laughs> and he comes over in his letterman's jacket and his motorcycle. Or maybe it was a leather jacket. I just know he's a douchebag. Mm-hmm. And he shows up. <laughs> and then she's like, let's go upstairs. I'm going to give myself to you. Starts getting like getting undressed. Now she's just in her bra and her shorts. And then she goes, did you know that if you say Candyman <laughs> in the mirror five times... <laughs> This murderous <laughs> ghoul will come and split you from your B-hole to your T-hole. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, the uh, the foreplay is just that, is saying Candyman in the mirror five times, and then he shows up and splits that girl. By the way, to clarify, B-hole is butthole, and T-hole yes. is throat hole. So, both,
0: both the clinical terms.
1: Yeah, because yeah. the 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 legend is he'll split you from your groin to your gullet, but the alliteration's cool, but it doesn't sound as badass as "b hole" the "t hole."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it humanizes it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I love that scene. Is just like it's such a such a way to like kind of shoehorn in the legend because it it sets us up with the whole. I mean. The movie is largely about urban legends in, like, the sense of, like, how they come to be, if you really think about it. Not just Candyman, but just, like, any urban folktale. But, I mean, they're, they're definitely trying to play up the whole, like, you know, ooh, the babysitter's alone at home, which... How many urban legends did we all grow up hearing? That starts with a babysitter is at home, and then she puts she a puts a baby into the oven because she's high on acid. B, there's a killer upstairs. C, Candyman. <laughs> D, all of the above. <laughs> Happens to this one babysitter, but um, there's what something kind of about
1: babysitters. Did you have uh,
0: the best? <laughs> <laughs> I was that baby in the oven. <laughs> It happened to me. (laughs) But um, I'm just thinking, because she decides to like, you know, she calls Bobby, Billy, what the fuck is his name, you know, over, who she's definitely cheating on her boyfriend with, you know, and that's their foreplay. I'm thinking someone definitely had to have done the porn version of this, right? Where she calls on Candyman (laughs) and like a black guy comes in through the mirror and they just like have a threesome, right? Like I feel like that is... That is a logical yeah, what, next step.
1: That's what they were hoping was going to happen. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, man. That, apparently, the urban legend is just true. And there was no sexual component.
0: I mean, I want to Google it. But I'm afraid what will happen to my computer. But I'm sure that someone's done it. And if you haven't, fucking don't steal my idea. I'm going to make this. Yeah, <laughs> like, ca- Casting calls <laughs> are out. I'll contact you.
1: Yeah, you know. The- Andrew's Chicago- mom. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago's opening up, so we can have uh we can have the group of three and then a small film crew. Yeah, keep keep it under ten. Keep it into under
0: ten. The crew will all be wearing masks as well. Yeah, I think it's fair. <laughs> but anyway, she fucking dies, and
1: she dies
0: like she dies like a lot. And Billy, his hair turns white apparently because he's so fucked
1: up, right? And I do like the the impetus for kind of not like really throwing you off track. Cause we all know it's like, oh no Candyman's Candy man's fucking there. He's real. But, um, she was really a part of the research was making sure, you know, that like, how do urban legends come to be? And is it just a, a way to rationalize the shit that's happening around you? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, Oh, maybe it's just like this people and this, like, Situation that just like this shit keeps happening, so they made this urban legend to try and rationalize why this thing outside of their control is happening. And you're like, right. oh, and what if that happened? It was just a movie where they like MythBusters rationally explained Candyman away, and then it's just the rest of the movie is her getting her thesis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just watching her drinking like a bajillion cups of coffee and just writing all night, but on like Which a word processor because st- it's ninety two. St-
1: It's scary in its own right. It's relatable in a way.
0: Oh, yes. We've, you know, writing a thesis and trying Mm -hmm. to convince, trying to convince people who really don't give a fuck about you that what you have to say, all 50 pages of it is important. (laughs) It's really really a terrible way to have to live. Mm. I lived it. And so did you. So we survived. And now look at us. We've got a horror podcast. Look at that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look at us on round two, on round three of the same fucking podcast.
0: Mama, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> so um after the interview, um Helen ends up meeting up with or she's not meeting up with them actually. She's she's working on, you know, trans uh transcribing the interview and two cleaning ladies who work, you know, there happen to overhear talking about Candyman and they're like, Yeah, like we know about Candyman. Like he's fucking real. Like he yeah. <laughs> like he, he killed this lady named uh yeah. Ruthie Jean, like a few days ago. Like, yeah, like what's well, good, Helen? So now she's like intrigued that like, huh. Like, okay. They're like, oh, and apparently there's another twenty-five murders on top of that, like Ruthie Jeans that happened in the Cabrini Green neighborhood, and now she's like, you know. Piqued interest. Now, you know, you love a Nancy Drew white lady who's just like, ooh. <laughs> Plot is unfolding and she's like, she's on the fucking case. Talks to her friend Bernadette and, and colleague about this. And they're like, you know what? We're fucking doing that. We're going to investigate this shit. We're going to be stars in the academic community. So <laughs> yeah. all five people who care about the Candyman legend.
1: Yeah. It's very, again, very niche. It's not just... Like it's grad school. I assume, like, it probably has a more broad title, but I assume she's getting a master's in urban legends specifically. <laughs> I know that's not what happens, but it's just like, oh man, I could get, I could get an, like a master's in history or like with like a weird ma- graduate minor in urban planning. And that's kind of like the mix of it or like English literature. And then you're just focusing on the urban legend aspect for your writing. And it's like, no, 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 no. I want to major in urban legends. I want to go and study them. And then people ask what I can do. And I will be able to recite urban legends.
0: Basically. It's like, oh, like, show right? us your skill set. And she just carries around like a portable like campfire and just lights it. To She's th- just telling you scary stories, basically.
1: <laughs> to be fair, though, that seems way more <laughs> practical. Because like as someone that went to school for music, people always go, oh, you're a musician? Do music now. I'm like, well, what the hell do you want me to do? Whip, pull out this marimba in my pocket and play you a, uh, play you a tune? <laughs> or, you know, you're like, hey, Soneek, show me some international policy or foreign policy. Yeah. I don't know what your degree was.
0: It, it was international relations, and you're not wrong. When someone asks me about that, I think usually when I do tell someone that, their first reaction is like, really? Because- you tell dick jokes. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And then they're like, <laughs> tell you about Israel and Palestine. And I'm like, that's a rough one. Like, <laughs> you really jumped.
1: You you like, want to jump from dick jokes to Israel and like, Palestine? Like, yeah,
0: give me, your, give me your rundown on that. And I'm like, that's a tricky one. Also, was not my area of expertise either since so like, I don't
1: know. Like, Mine was just dick jokes. and
0: <laughs> I'm just like, y'all, <laughs> just like eat some shawarma or want to chill out, man. Like... like <laughs>
1: Oh man! Speaking of chilling out, um, we also—I don't know. This this is around the same thing we were talking about when she's like, we're, "Helen's, I'm gonna go to Cabrini Green and figure this shit out," but she goes to meet her husband, Trevor,
0: right? Mm-hmm. And then like
1: he's teaching, he's teaching a class, and then we see this. Are they undergrad or also grad students? I don't know. I think, just assume so. In
0: I just felt like like. I don't know, this kind of dynamic, it just felt very like undergrady. Like Trevor's a piece of shit. He's but then again, he's also like married to like a student too, so we already knew the kind of person he was.
1: Yeah. And then so Stacy, right? Stacy. Yep. Of course. And she's just like, Hi, I'm Stacy and clearly there's there's a vibe going on and she shakes shakes Helen's hand.
0: I stand by it. That is a fucking power move. Like, can you imagine meeting the wife of the man that you're sleeping with and then just, like, stepping up and being like, hi, I'm Stacy, just fucking shaking your hand. You're the only one who shakes her hand? That's like, oof, I'm scared of her.
1: She's like, (laughs) Helen's just like, Stacy, I can smell Trevor's dick on your hand. (laughs) Like, you literally...
0: I know the odor. Come on. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh... I know
0: your hand smells like Trevor. Okay. (laughs) Right, Ma- but like... Imagine where, he?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Gross.
0: Uh, I don't know. I feel like I was going to make a B-hole to T-hole joke, but I feel like it was too much for your mom to hear, so...
1: No, she's okay with it. I left that alone. I checked.
0: <laughs> yeah, but she's... Um, Helen's pretty, like... She's not stupid. I mean, she's yeah, she her, called it out. her doctorate in Candyman, so she's fucking brilliant. And she's like, <laughs> you were sleeping with this girl.
1: <laughs> and he lies, of course. And, like... I mean well but also kinda not. It's just like what what's going on with that? It's like, oh well she's just madly in love with me. I'm like, ooh, that sneaky piece of shit. Telling the truth.
0: You know, that's a really great way to just like lie though, when you think about it. Like just admit to it, but say it sarcastically enough. The person's like, Oh, they're kidding, and it's like well, I technically didn't lie, because I did just tell you I'm fucking Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Stacy. yeah, she's madly in love with me and I'm in love with her. And we see each other at least once a week. Whenever I say I'm working, like I'm definitely sleeping with Stacy.
1: <laughs> and she's like, Oh, that was Trevor. a really elaborate joke. That you, <laughs> like, That was a really good joke. Like you pulled out like phone logs and yeah. correspondence. <laughs>
0: you know he's just committing he's been taking classes at the annoyance so <laughs> he's just like yeah, yeah character work
1: <laughs> but oh, um yeah, not have uh, to get off track
0: <laughs> <laughs> no it's fine please do
1: yeah but i mean after that right <laughs> they go they go to helen's uh, her and bernadette they go to helen's apartment well a condo Mm-hmm. and it's like hey look like this is the house where Ruthie Jean house this is the apartment building where Ruthie Jean was murdered in Cabrini Green Ruthie Jean Cabrini Green oh man i know what these names and then uh but then Helen's like look i figured out that my fancy ass condo used to be a housing development look there's no separation between these apartments. Medicine cabinets destroys her fucking medicine <laughs> cabinet, to, just to prove a point. And it's not like Bernadette was like, "Girl, you fucking crazy," and it's like, "No, I could show you." Double dog dare me to ruin my bathroom. And
0: Bernadette's like, "No, I yeah, that makes sense." Like, no, seriously, dare me. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, but they use that because uh, then they go to Capone Green, um. To go try and figure some shit out, interview the residents.
0: Which just.
1: Went so well.
0: Went so well. I, first off. Okay. So this actually reminds me of something. So I used to work at a nonprofit um, and mostly white nonprofit. And one of our like events we'd have yearly, we would go out to, you know, disadvantaged neighborhoods, read black and brown neighborhoods And we would install, like, smoke alarms in people's apartments. You probably can figure out where I worked at this point. I don't care. So that's what we would do every spring. And it was amusing because the – I mean, this also happens in Chicago. And it's like, here comes these, like, white people trying to do, I think, what they think is good work. And in a lot of ways, it's not bad work. But, like, showing up just, like, (laughs) basically, like – going to people's doors, demanding all this information about, like, how will live in this house, everything. And I'm like, we come off like we're cops. On top of that, I mean, if we really want to get into it, because, you know, racism is always, like, you know, the talk of the town. Uh, I remember colleagues being afraid about going to the south side and insisting that we had more police presence with us as we went to these neighborhoods that are not unlike what Cabrini Green once was. And I'm, I'm kind of going on a tangent, but just, like, That scene of them going down there, like, dressed up, looking like police, looking like detectives, basically, in this neighborhood, and I guess in a lot of ways, like, feeling frightened of being in Black spaces or quote-unquote urban spaces, even though it's Chicago, it is all fucking urban, but being in those spaces and fearing for yourself and not realizing that, like, from the other's perspective, they have reason to fear you because... You are entering the space looking very authoritarian, which puts people in like a mindset of I should be afraid of you because you represent something that is scary. I don't know. I don't know. It's I just, kind of I interesting think though. It's interesting, like,
1: I think. In a similar mindset, like not uh like pointing that out, but more of like those co workers from that random non profit you worked for. <laughs> um like it was really interesting i i'm assuming it was you know like directorial and written like bernadette was the one that was super nervous that they looked like narcs not helen helen was cognizant of it but she wasn't Mm -hmm. freaking out whereas like bernadette and if again if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it and then we are the people that inspire you to go watch it bernadette is black and she's the one that's like oh shit (laughs) like we shouldn't like this is a bad part of town we shouldn't be here we look like cops, and Helen's like, "Yeah, we look like cops, so we're not going to get fucked with. It's going to be totally fine. Let's just go and do our research."
0: <laughs> just flexing that white
1: privilege, Carol energy to the max on yeah. on the cusp of Karen. Yeah, she's not like, quite Karen. She's though. like,
0: "Listen, Bernadette, and about you and your black ass, but me, they're not going to bother me, okay? <laughs> like me, you see me? I am a blonde haired white woman. All right, I'm wearing a coat. I'm wearing a long wool coat. No one's yeah. going to touch me." <laughs> Which we later find out to not be true because she's been <laughs> fucked up later on. But like, you know, in that moment, she definitely is standing in her, um, I think in her white womanhood and of just being like, I'm fine. Which is what well, I kind also, of said when I worked that nonprofit too, they're, because of that stance of like, we're scared. I'm like, y'all, they ain't gonna fuck with it. Y'all all a bunch of middle-aged white women. They're not gonna fuck with you in this neighborhood. Like, come on. They have <laughs> sense. Like-
1: right. And it was also like, Bernadette too, on the flip side, was kind of like, when she was just when helen started just taking pictures of everything all the graffiti she's like yo like this is someone's house Like, what the hell are you doing like this people live here stop just being so ridiculous mm-hmm. and then they go into like Ru- ruthie jean's old apartment and yeah. then she was like dude like someone died here man this is being very disrespectful yeah and then helen was just like no no no, no. look bro- broken madison cabinet remember let me just go <laughs> Let me, just, let, me just, <laughs> let me just crawl
0: through this hole in the wall
1: <laughs> yeah but this is where we and again uh this is the first time i'm saying it i've never said this before but i loved that this is in the era of film not digital and she's taking a million fucking pictures and then coincidentally when she comes out of this hole in the wall
0: mm-hmm. and it's the
1: mural of Candyman, but it, it's like it has open mouth so she's crawling out of Candyman's mouth and She finally needs to get a picture of that, and then she finally, after twenty thousand pictures, runs out of film. Yeah, fucking ridiculous,
0: ridiculous. But also, just a really awesome shot that her of her crawling out of his mouth was just oof. That this I think this movie has a lot of really cool. um, I wish I knew more about the technical aspects of film, but like, there are just a lot of really interesting ways that certain uh scenes or frames like that bit when she crawls it creates like a really interesting like tableau kind of deal and it's like you know she's in the you know the beast's mouth he's candy man is she the candy i don't know (laughs) man i don't know are we all aren't we all the candy when you really think about it
1: (laughs) i also like to like as far as like just a movie and pacing this was a perfect um a perfect moment when you thought oh shit we're gonna see Candyman or something of yeah. Candyman, but yeah. we don't we, we just don't. see that mural there's nothing at all and it's actually really it's really good because it goes back to burn and well because they keep going back to shots of bernadette just waiting yes and then you're like oh fuck she's gonna get like fucking annihilated get Candyman. and then helen just <laughs> comes through the window. and it's like hey i need more film and she's like bitch what are you doing stop <laughs> screaming at me I would have been livid. I'm like, Helen, you know I'm on edge. <laughs> like, like, you're lucky
0: I didn't bring, like, a shiver or anything with me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cut you. Um, but at that same, um, in, while they're still in the building, they end up meeting Anne-Marie. Um, and she's a single mother living with her baby son. And she, she tells them more about the night that Ra- uh, Ralphie, Ruthie Jean, disrespectful. Uh, Ruthie Jean was oh, murdered. Oh, Ralphie
1: Bean, her brother? Yeah. <laughs>
0: She tells them about this, and um just an excellent film because I think that it's very clear there's a lot of like social and racial and like class commentary happening in it. She tells them that she heard you know Ruthie Jean being murdered, called the cops, and they didn't show up for like the longest time, which is a sad truth in certain neighborhoods where cops. Cops over police these neighborhoods, but then when they're actually called to respond to something, they just don't show up. And I'm like, I know y'all were around the corner trying to bust someone off of, off of some like crack or some bullshit. Like there were cops in this neighborhood for sure. You know, it's right. just a lot of bullshit that's still ugh, sadly very relevant still.
1: Ugh. <laughs> but also not to this. This could be because of just a poor neighborhood and lack of resources, and there could be very socioeconomic explanations to this, but let's not dive that deep into it and just at face value take that Anne-Marie's baby was wheezing the <laughs> entire scene <laughs> like Angela from Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can explain it away, and it could be a more sad indication of truth and social situations, but I just want you to take it for what it is, a baby, and remember, this is a baby. This isn't a child actor. This is a baby, so it doesn't know it's acting, just wheezing, <laughs> just and then they're just out. like, yo, like, it's like, can this baby stop wheezing? It's like, no, just keep rolling. We're not, like, this baby's been wheezing for weeks. <laughs> we got to wrap up this is actually the last shot of the film cuz the baby they're like we got to one of these days this baby's going to stop wheezing and they had
0: like, like they had like a twin on set and tried to switch him out but that baby also wheezed and was like fuck like <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs> and it was well before babies. like it was well too before good cgi so they're like God, we can't cgi a wheezeless baby
0: you know can you imagine what that thing would look like
1: oh awful it'd be terrifying it'd be terrifying the the
0: scariest part of the movie is that cgi (laughs) baby
1: (laughs) oh man but after after this scene right is when they're at dinner uh helen trevor and uh
0: that asshole not... fucking professor and, yeah, yeah like
1: is he like the dean is he just her professor or... i don't know but he's, he's like
0: the... a pretentious british man who knows way too much about Candyman and also has terrible hair
1: yeah he looks like ben franklin
0: yeah he has that awful like receding hairline situation that some white men have but then like hold on to their length <laughs> and i'm like why <laughs> like let it go honey like shave your fucking head but and then he has and a nurse. He's, so he's just like, he's so, he's so like arrogant too. And I'm like, do you see yourself? How dare you?
1: And It's like, and again, he's one of those things where you're you're bragging about your your extensive research on Candyman. Like you again are a doctor of urban legends. Like calm the fuck down. You're not performing open heart surgery. No, or... you're not. You got, no,
0: no one here is saving lives. Like yeah. <laughs> as one could argue that Helen's meddling into this into this legend actually costs way more lives yeah. than she just had <laughs> written her story about uh fucking uh, bloody mary like everyone else
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's fucking stupid but Candyman legit <laughs> but yeah. it's because bet it's because ugly ben franklin gets on his high horse that we get the backstory
0: i like how we all, you're also implying that there's a hot ben franklin in this there's ugly ben yeah franklin he, he's he's a real he's ben an ex- franklin
1: who's fuckable yeah he's an extra I mean, he doesn't look like Ben Franklin, just his name is Ben Franklin.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Please, please tell us the tale of Candyman, Andrew.
1: <laughs> oh man. Uh <clears throat> Excuse me, let me clear my throat <laughs> and so I can adequately say this. So he uh was the son of a slave and his mm-hmm. son, I meant his dad got wealthy because he created a machine that helped with the mass production of shoes right boots after the civil war something yep. like that Yep. so then so then he grew up in polite society which is just to say he grew up around white people very favorably he was sent to like the best schools. so he was very well educated and well respected in white circles and he was a very talented painter so people would hire him to do portraits but then this wealthy white landowner and i like that that's what they say it wasn't like they gave him a trade it's just like (laughs) realistically he just was like some whatever the fuck white guy that just had land
0: but isn't that just like the history of america it's just like a lot of important men of history are typically just some
1: rich white guy who owned some (laughs) shit and that's really all you needed (laughs) yeah what'd he do was he like a great general or something nah he he owned He had acres and acres of green. (laughs) That's all you need. But So this nameless, uh, ubiquitous landowner (laughs) hired... (laughs) And they also don't give Candyman a name. You never learn his name. So they hired him... Good point. to, uh, To paint his... They do make a point of saying virgin daughter. And uh yeah i'm like you get just a daughter but anyway mm-hmm.
0: you know we're just gonna go ahead and play up the whole you know the brutish black male with the virginal white girl you know listen sexy uh, ugly defend franklin excuse me knows exactly <laughs> what he was doing
1: did you let it slip that you thought he was sexy freudian oh slip. man it's okay mm-hmm. but so a uh, wealthy white <laughs> landowner Uh, let's just call him Jeff Bezos. So Jeff Bezos (laughs) (laughs) hired (laughs) Candyman. Hired Candyman to paint his daughter. Yeah. And then, uh, Candyman and the daughter fall in love. Mm -hmm. And you know, a nice thing, they don't say like she was super young. So let's just, she's probably an adult to make this story more in our favor. So it's a completely legal relationship. And then, so she gets pregnant so then Jeff Bezos is fucking pissed and hires a bunch of other hicks from, like, Google and other <laughs> tech companies to fucking cut off. Can- they kidnap Candyman, they cut off his right hand and shove a hook in his bloody arm stump, and then they fucking get honey from the whatever bee place next door. <laughs> the bee farm. <laughs> the bee farm, and they smother him in honey so that bees will sting him to death. And then after he dies, they burn his body and then spread the ashes over what then becomes Cabrini Green.
0: You know, this reminds me of um. every so often, I like to go to very dark places, so every day. And I was looking up, Wikipedia has a pretty extensive list of ways to torture people or, like, methods of torture throughout history. Um, typically, they're from, you know, Europe and the Americas. Crazy. And this scene pretty much just justified that white people have, have, have had very creative ways of killing people for ever. Because I'm like, who? What? Like, this is a lot. You're doing a lot here. Like, it, I don't understand... Maybe it's because I'm fucking lazy, but, like, multi-step murder just feels like, just shoot him. Like, why are you doing all this?
1: Well, like, in this in this day and age, too, you can't afford to be that creative. Like, it's like, oh, man, how do you catch these white supremacists? Well, uh, we saw them kidnapping a guy, and that was a big tip off that something was wrong. And then when we questioned him, they said, oh, man, you stopped us before we were going to saw his hand off. And then smother him in honey and then and then the cops like, whoa, that's fucking crazy. And they're like, shut the fuck up, we're not done. Then we were going to light his body on fire. And then the But before goes, all
0: of that, we also managed to procure a hook. Yeah. And we put it in stump.
1: Well, why did you do that if you were just gonna kill him and then burn him anyway? I see.
0: I see what you mean. <laughs> Guys, why did we who's Ted, that was you. You were the one who brought that. Why did you think that was a good idea? I don't
1: know. I just That's a know. good. You're right. I had, we
0: of, I had a lot of extra hooks at home. So
1: I just figured like. Are you saying like we should have given him two hooks? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, no, you're missing the point, racists. <laughs> yeah, much like racism in and of itself. It's very fucking stupid.
0: Basically, like the murder of Candyman is much like racism, just nonsensical and just like, why are you this invested like, <laughs> in all this <laughs> Uh, yeah, but um, yeah. And after, it's a very terrible way of being murdered. Which also, you're telling me Helen was doing her whole thesis on this shit. She never found out exactly how Candyman died. Like that was the moment she learned. Like, yeah, what were you writing? Really what bad the fuck student. have you been writing? Because <laughs> I'm like, you're doing all this like, oh yeah, the babysitter fucked Billy. But not before she got murdered by Candyman. She never stopped to think. Hmm, how did he come to be? Where did he come from?
1: Yeah, and they were like, we'll have something to present next week. And just, so they were a week out from presenting a thesis, and they are like, oh, history.
0: And I know that this, this fucking ugly Ben Franklin is set up to kind of like be like a, like an ass, like a mansplainer. He's like, you know, but also he's asking the real question. A candy he's
1: mansplainer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is, though. But despite that being the way his character is being like propped up, he asks them a very valid question of, but do you know the story of Candyman? And both Bernadette and Helen are like, Gh? like, yeah, do you know the story of what you're <laughs> writing about? Like... Oh, man. That's why women shouldn't be in academia. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I'm joking. I'm clearly kidding. Or um, am I? Oh, my God. <laughs> controversial they love it um so helen comes back to cabrini green like sometime later and she meets a little boy um named jake who um you know she's like full-on just you know what she's a fucking cop because she acts like a cop the way she questions jake it's like the typical like the ways that police aren't supposed to question children, which is just like to manipulate them because then they'll just tell you whatever they, we want to hear, essentially. But she gets him to spill the beans about Candyman because he's like, you know, he's like, basically, he's like, you don't know what you're what you're messing with, little girl. <laughs> like right. Jake is wise beyond his years and tells uh, her the story about a, young, a little boy who was castrated by Candyman in a restroom,
1: which, which is again, just crazy. That is the one thing I never got and still don't get. I mean, it, it, he kind of explains it later, but it's I, for one, always have a hard time, even if you are um, just like malevolent, unless you're like just outright you're, you're like you're, I guess, completely malevolent and just like fucking shit up. Because for some reason, knowing like the Candyman backstory, I feel like it's more of like vengeance in my mind. Mm-hmm. but he just will fuck up anybody. It's like very, and it kind of goes back to what he says at the beginning is like, you say I spill senseless blood, but what is like, why have blood if not to be spilled? And I'm just like, what? I'm like, I'm like, why are you fucking up the innocent candy man?
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Cause, um, a point we definitely never talked about before. It It, it I think it's interesting that, Like, you said that it is just, like, he just is really just killing people. Like, because you, you know, you call his name and he shows up and he kills them. Like, that's basically it. Because I feel like the most obvious route you would go with this story would be, like, Candyman comes back and he, like, murders the descendants of the people who murdered him. Like, it would be, like, that very, I think, obvious kind of, like, a Nightmare on Elm Street type situation. Like, why does he kill? Oh, it's because this terrible thing happened to him and he's, you know, basically a vengeance ghost But in this situation, it's just like, he's just killing indiscriminately. But even so, so question, because in the same scene, Helen, you know, she goes to the bathroom where the, where the, you know, attack happened and a gang leader comes in there who carries a hook and he assaults her. Are we to assume that a little boy who was castrated, was it by real Candyman or by gang Candyman?
1: Because he does I exist. Do like that guy I do does like exist. How that is ambiguous, mm. but and it's like I don't. It I think it's if you start thinking about it too much, you can get caught up on like, well, what was the point of like castrating a boy, like a little boy? Because mm-hmm. like, like if he's walked in on them doing a crime, so he just castrated him. Well, he was still alive and could pick him up out of a lineup, so that mm. was pointless. Yeah. So I kind of think it was like the real candy because they made a point to show that he like disappeared in the toilet or that's what it made it seem.
0: Kind of. Gotcha.
1: And then because when uh Helen Helen, you know, extorts Jake to get the information to go to that bathroom where said boy was uh was uh dedict dedict. Yeah, the d-hole. He he got a d-hole. <laughs> um unfortunately yeah it's not it's not pleasant it's not pleasant but no it's so not. she goes and then she's looking and then we definitely didn't talk about this last time but there's like what is it like sweets to sweet is that the phrase or something
0: Yeah, sweets to the sweet
1: and then so like it's textured so it's like it's not like blood it's written in shit
0: no that <laughs> yeah just, that's a lot of it too
1: and then she goes, and yeah, because Helen walks in there and is immediately, like, gagging. And then she, like, goes to the stall that was, like, shown where Candyman may or may not have pulled an it and gone down <laughs> <laughs> the toilet. But then opened it up and it's just full of bees. Yeah. And I feel like that's a little too on the nose with the Candyman thing. You know, it's not like yeah. this this gangster candy man is like all right well to be convincing we got to put these bees in this toilet just in case somebody <laughs> A comes up ap- yeah <laughs>
0: yeah i was actually when i first saw this movie i was pretty sure she's going to open it and find his his
1: penis well thank god we were all wrong
0: yeah i was i was really i think that scene really scares me he's like what if, i think i still thought that even when i've seen this movie i was like Wait, what did she find <laughs> I don't want to see it, but yeah, no. Uh, he comes in. He's like, I heard you're looking for a candy man, bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which again leads to one of the funniest lineups. <laughs> but yeah, also we we
0: unintentionally we've, funny lineup.
1: <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about how he just with this thin. You know, it's not like a fat hook. I mean, it, I guess as far as hooks go, it's not super thin. But for more or less, you know, it's pretty small, and he just had the The accuracy to just knock her out, yeah, and not like like cut her or anything. Just like I hit, I knew exactly where in the temple to hit you with my tiny ass hook. And but then, then like fucking you.
0: destroys her eye because when we see her yeah. when she's at the lineup, it's not even open. I don't know how she didn't lose her eye because it's like like her eye was like beaten in with a That's
1: hook. True. But then, you know, so that was rough. But then again, some nice comic relief with the lineup. I don't know why I thought it was so funny. It's just, it's because she's like lying on the ground unconscious. And then the next thing you see is just like this black guy walk up. It's like, we hear you're looking for Candyman, bitch. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. Number two, (laughs) we hear you're looking for Candyman, bitch. (laughs) Number three.
0: (laughs) I also always wondered like, A, if people, they actually do that and like when they're searching for someone and B, I'm sorry if I'm like in a lineup and they're like trying to especially voice like acting. get me, <laughs> but, like especially if they're trying to like determine or like trying to catch the criminal base off of like maybe the way they sound, if I'm ever getting called for like a lineup, I'm giving a fake voice like you're not going to get my actual voice. I would do yeah. like an over the top Italian accent. Like, I
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, heard you looking for a candy man, a bitch. Like, <laughs> He's like, that was not your real voice, but I do have an improv open mic I'd like to take you to.
0: Ah, the road to stardom starts here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: Yeah, but. um. But later on, so, like, it, like jumps ahead, and she's, like, her eyes is open now, so it's been two days, one, two days. Her
1: yeah, eyes time, healed. time just moves with reckless abandon in this movie. You're Hell yeah. Did a day pass? Did a week pass? Who knows?
0: But um, she's with Bernadette, who is showing her, um, you know, the, the negatives or whatever from the picture she took for the project. She's walking, you know, to her parking garage and looking at her picture. She's very excited, which um, that scene, I mean, I think if if you're a woman, just walking in a parking garage alone is scary, even if it's daytime, because it was daytime. It's just like spooky because, you know, parking garage. And we finally see Candyman. Like we haven't, aside from the opening or the, the first scene when we, you get the whole, you know the retelling of the story is our first like real Candyman moment and he's just like ominously standing like in the parking garage but he's not looking at her but then he's suddenly closer it's just like ugh, that scene yeah really is terrifying
1: actually and that voice yeah, that Tony Todd's voice. voice
0: Ugh. it's so good do we know like i don't know i, I should have done the research to find out like I don't know. I think he was, Tony Todd was like perfectly cast for this movie because he is so like, his voice is like really deep and spooky, but also like, it's really soothing too, you know?
1: It is. It is. It's really soothing. I would soothing have him read like, me a bedtime story. Ooh, I bedtime. would have him read, if I had a baby, I would ask him to read it lullabies <laughs> as he was putting it in the oven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he would do it. He would totally do it. Do you think Tony Todd's on Cameo? Oh, dude, that'd be amazing. I would totally. I would buy that for myself. And <laughs> you should just do it. Just have him like read. I don't know, "Good Night Moon" to you, and then listen to it every night. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh, I wish man. I was kidding. I'm serious. Um, but you know, after you know he shows up, he basically puts her under his spell. She's like, you know, hypnotized. She blacks out, and when she wakes up, she is back at Amory's apartment in Cabrini Green, and she is covered with fucking blood. Which, I've woken up, I'll tell you, in my share of kooky circumstances, never this. <laughs> <Kooky>. <laughs> never, with a, never with a beheaded dog in the next room. <laughs> and I'm missing Yeah, us-
1: usually it's in the room with me. <laughs> yeah.
0: I usually, yeah. the dog is there, and I'm like, oh yeah, that happened, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh.
1: Well, because you, you thought she got fucked up because mm-hmm. she's just covered in blood. And then you're like... I mean, and she's oh, checking
0: herself, too, because she wakes up, she like lifts her shirt up, and she's like trying to see if she's hurt.
1: She's just like, oh, thank God, it's just a dog. It's just another dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is old hat. I'm just kidding. She's fucking distraught.
0: But would you rather wake up covered in dog blood or human blood?
1: It depends what happens afterwards. Like, I, I don't know. If... I woke up covered in dog's blood and someone said, yo, someone broke into your house and then just killed a dog over your body. Here's like a million dollars for emotional trauma. Like I'm like, okay, thanks, landlord. Then I'd rather <laughs> the dog. But if I woke up in human blood and someone was like, hey, uh, your estranged uncle uh, found you and bled all over you in the middle of the night, and then died and left you $20 million in his will, that ta- uh, that'd be pretty good too.
0: Wow, you really took me on a journey just now because I was like, what is happening?
1: Okay, but if it I woke also, up in blood It was of also kind, so
0: specific that I was like, did this happen to you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, no, trust me, none of my uncles have enough money that I would be okay with waking up covered in their blood.
0: Hmm, fair assessment.
1: And also, I love them and don't want them dead. I that was hope. the first reason.
0: I would hope that I—I I figured
1: <laughs> I'd have like a Anne Marie situation.
0: Ugh! Just poor Anne Marie. That was also really good acting because that shit was like, ugh. I mean, because imagine like she's she's also come home. She's found her dog dead. And her infant child is missing, but his crib is covered in blood. So it's like, right? Is it dog blood? Is it baby blood? It's hard to tell when you're just looking at it.
1: And also, and then so the cops, the cops burst in, which mm-hmm. again is oh, so earlier in the movie, right? Um, Helen actually makes the point of saying, like, two people are brutally murdered. And the cops don't show up, but like one white woman gets assaulted, and then they lock the place down, mm-hmm. and then so you're like, "Ooh, nice commentary and then, much to her chagrin, <laughs> the cops fucking show up in a heartbeat to arrest her yeah and and also fucking like what movie with like a ghoul component or a boogeyman has the boogeyman successfully frame you?" For kidnapping and dog murder.
0: <laughs> that is a good fucking point. I don't think I've ever seen that before.
1: Like you no, know, I it's like seen that. The, no. like go- like ghosts just make you seem crazy to everybody. Not mm-hmm. only did Candyman make everyone think Helen's insane, she's going to jail.
0: Yeah, he made like he made her seem, like criminally insane. Not just like oh, you're just seeing shit, but like no, you you've you've, you've probably killed a baby, and you definitely <laughs> killed a dog. Like. <laughs> And you blacked out and don't remember any of it. This is a problem. Oh. <laughs> but uh yeah, so she's at the she's at like the the police station and you know they've booked her and she's calling home and Trevor is not there and it's 3 a.m. Which I think was a nice touch when she asked the cop, like, what time is it? And she's like, 3 a.m. And he's like, where the fuck is Trevor?
1: Dude. That oh what Oof. a... Lord, what a power move for the story.
0: Mm, let that be Evan. Let me be calling you from the from the police station at three o'clock in the morning, talking about I've been booked for murder. <laughs> I have to leave it on your answering machine. What?
1: <laughs> Dude, Evan would be busy cleaning up Hendrix's shit. Yeah, probably. Hendrix, by the way, is not the name of their dog. It's just their neighbor.
0: <laughs> Our wacky neighbor. You know, some some sitcoms have Wilsons. We have is and made shit all over our apartment yeah so i mean he does show up eventually and he lies again
1: <laughs> so bold-faced and so confident like oh i was just sound asleep
0: lies lies minelli because that fucking that phone was loud if you were home like he has to be in a coma to not hear it
1: yeah like th- this isn't like the the iPhones of now where you leave it on silent and you're like, eh, "Okay, maybe you didn't hear the buzzing."
0: Yeah. Yeah, I haven't and had like a ringtone in like I don't know how long.
1: Like this is a earthquake-esque shake from your phone. Mm-hmm. The be- actual bells inside of it.
0: And knowing most most homes back then, even if you had one phone line, you probably had more than one phone in it, in it. so there probably was like a phone out in the kitchen one in the bedroom so it's you're hearing multiple phones ringing at the same time
1: (laughs) right (laughs) yeah
0: uh piece of shit but she gets bailed out and everything and you know it's chill for her i guess in that she's not in jail but she definitely still a suspect (laughs) but later uh, sorry go ahead
1: no i said yep yeah but uh
0: yeah but later on, um, you know, Bernadette, being like you know the down ass bitch she is, decides to show up to the apartment with some flowers because she's like, you know, my girl spent night in jail. She might have killed a baby. Yeah, but she's what, my bitch. Uh, what,
1: what a friend! <laughs> that's you my know? best
0: friend. Okay, like best best friend right there. I'm about to show up for her. So she shows up at a bad time because <laughs> Candy Man has beard.
1: <laughs> yeah, like Kool Aid Man. He, he just busts through. through the fucking mirror. <laughs> He's just like, oh yeah, you did. B-hole, T-hole. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> he bursts through and his hands, just like waving around, like trying to get her, like yeah. fucking Chucky. I was like, what? <laughs> but, um, when that happens though, he, uh, you know, he, he corners Helen and cuts her neck and she passes out. And, She's trying to call for poor Bernadette to, like, get the fuck out of here, bitch. But Bernadette's like, Helen? And of course, the door is open. I'm like, why is your door open? She
1: oh. walks in,
0: and Candyman's like,
1: Behold. Hey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bernadette. My name's Candyman. Welcome to your Behold Extraction. Fucking rips her open. Dude. Yeah. Um, God.
1: And then she fucking wakes up. And then I, being not in law enforcement, Or, like, the medical field of psychology or anything. I don't know what procedure is, but she was a suspect for this murder, and she wakes up just lying on the bed.
0: Yeah, but she's handcuffed, but, like, she's been sedated, I guess. And it's like, I don't think that it would... She would have probably been, like they would have probably called an ambulance to like
1: yeah she wouldn't have been in the apartment she would have
0: been. she would've been at a hospital probably but like handcuffed to the bed at the hospital <laughs> but like not in her comfortable bed which now i'm i'm thinking about it um the two victims are black interesting it's very interesting i think compared to yes okay we're called to be diverse obviously we're you know making fun of the fact that Black people oftentimes are the first people to be murdered in horror movies, but I've never seen one before where, aside from movies that are specifically like black horror films that have predominantly black cast, where of course like the mo- the majority of the victims will be black, I've never seen one before where like it re- it's about it centers just white woman, but the people that are being murdered or the the baby's not dead. I mean, spoiler alert, but we he's, he's presumed dead at this point, so. Man it's just this
1: this white woman just leaving a wake of black bodies.
0: Yeah. That's why she was, she woke up in her fucking cushy ass nice, nice linen bed and was (laughs) able to get up and was able to get up and no one stopped her. She was able to just like run through the apartment with her
1: hands. Yeah. They only, they only stopped her once she like fucking broke down seeing Bernadette's BT hole.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise she was able to like roll out of bed.
1: She would have got, she would have left. She would have been on like the next plane out of Chicago.
0: She has a fucking brown line. Like, I can't get it.
1: <laughs> like. Oh, man. But then, you know, she gets uh taken to the m- mental hospital. Not like... Yeah. Psych hospital. Ed Psych hospital. And then we find out... This is my favorite part of the movie. That she's been there sedated <laughs> on and off for a month. Not only... Does that show, oh spooky man Shit. <laughs> Not um, only does that it's... show <laughs> that I feel like no one is licensed to be uh, a <laughs> like caregiver in that facility, yeah literally she because she didn't remember anything she didn't have like just a one day bout of like oh i remember i've been here for two weeks and then gets sedated again she's just yeah. been fucking knocked out for a month straight and also candy man has been babysitting this infant <laughs> that he kidnapped for a month and i will die on this hill that that's the best part of this movie
0: that is that is a part of this movie that i wish we had seen because it truly is him like because the the baby's fine like he's like all cooing and just like he's having a great time like he's like this is my new parents like,
1: it's I mean, like it's, which
0: means like Candyman is actually taking care of him like he's being fed probably changed he's taking
1: him to like the baby and me classes <laughs> yes.
0: i want to see there's a montage of that like baby and me it's like Aunt, little baby anthony and like a little um a pram and he's just walking around the neighborhood with him like bundled up because you know it's a chilly chicago so he's just got his little baby bundled up and they're just having a great time going to the park they go to the zoo at one point anthony's seeing the animals it's like a whole thing it's like a baby's day out with Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> oh and he's a really God. great babysitter um but yeah so after you know she finds out that she's been uh, been there for a month because she's talking to her psychiatrist which also I need to ask my sister about this she's a psych nurse and like they don't sedate people for like extended periods of time do they like i don't think that happens pretty sure
1: no not if you want to keep funding
0: yeah yeah but um you know she's talking to him it's like honey like candy man's not real like you're crazy we're trying to fucking figure out this case for you what's what's the you know the tea and she's like okay i'm gonna summon him i'm gonna prove it to you and he's like okay bitch go ahead <laughs> She calls on him, and Candyman
1: delivers. Just and I just (laughs) I feel so that's a nice scene because Candyman just fucking pops out from behind him under the desk and BT's hole like BT hole from behind. Mm -hmm. So that's intense, and he's also just like the whole time just like, (gasps) (sighs) (sighs) and you're like you're like Candyman is enjoying this too much, but also practically (laughs) like (laughs) and like. He was just sitting there that entire time waiting for, like, Helen. It's like, just say this. Like, you know, like, the actors, there's just like, all right, so you're going to crouch here. Yeah. You're just going to be sit. So I just picture him sitting there, like, <laughs> it's my moment. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to do it. <laughs> and he just pops up and BT's holes. Ugh.
0: Yeah, man. And Helen has a... <laughs> I also felt terrible for Helen having to just sit there. Like, I just like oh gross like, she's literally just yeah. like no ew ew and she's watching it yes, you know, but-
1: again good on candy man being able to successfully frame the same white woman <laughs> twice and then Which, so and then like you, freeze you'd her think, and you
0: think that she would think that too because it's like i get okay you're trying to prove to them i'm not crazy he exists but like you do understand that by calling him and that happening, you've just added another body onto your kill count for, for right. you know, whatever, for law enforcement or whoever the fuck.
1: But the best part is he, like, cuts her restraints. So it's like, you're free. You obviously get and, like, did this. And then he flies out <laughs> the window, but, like, he was sucked into it, like, from a vacuum. And I'm like... And also, before this like candyman was like seen hovering over Helen like before she was sedated for a month straight, and I'm like what to what extent are your supernatural powers?
0: It's not a, clear.
1: are you a ghost that can just show up wherever because like we talked about once how in the apartment, how she would turn a corner and then he would be in the other hallway, yeah, so obviously it's not like he's an actual entity. That has to travel through our normal plane of existence, but then can also get sucked backwards out of a window.
0: Yeah, it's very unclear. Like, Candyman's just a state of mind, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Cause, like, literally, it is like he's here, then I mean, he's not, but then he also can be burned alive, but he's dead. So, huh? Right. <laughs> it's, just... <laughs> it's not clear. Yeah, don't think about it too hard. Um, so so she ends up okay so helen's like okay bet like i'm free fuck this
1: gotta she go goes home to my apartment
0: she I gotta get my shit i gotta talk to trevor and be like trevor i'm <laughs> out <laughs> but also psychiatrist dead my candy man crazy so she gets home and look who's there fucking stacy is Dude. painting the apartment with like Paint. you know clearly wearing trevor's shirt too I feel like it's implied because the man's it's a man's shirt and she's like wearing Trevor's shirt and just like painting. And she's like, baby, like uh, And I love Chinese? she turns
1: <laughs> around and just breaks down. And you know, it's it's a healthy combination of I've been caught and she might be a murderer.
0: Yeah, I mean, put yourself in, in her shoes. You're you're okay, you're the little floozy, Andrew, who's, you know, I have never
1: been the other woman. <laughs> this, this, we don't I know this. about your life, Sneed, but <laughs>
0: I have not, but this gal's husband is has been locked away for murders, maybe, but definitely, you definitely, in your head, you're like, oh, he's, he's in fucking for murder. So you're at home, and you're just like wearing one of her little shirts, and you're painting, and you're just like, mm, we're gonna get some Chinese later, it's gonna be fun. And the door opens, and you're like, honey, and turn around, and it's, it's her husband who definitely escaped from the hospital. And also
1: left the door wasn't even just unlocked the the door was open like from the hallway into the the condo was open and you're like what the fuck is you were asking for your your crazy boyfriend's ex to come and not ex as far as she knew
0: no definitely still legally married
1: (laughs) and you know for being someone that's been tormented by this boogeyman and sedated for the better part of like a month and a half maybe two months we don't know how time works and then seeing like this woman move into your life in your apartment i feel she very tactfully responds by just going i hate the color and then throws the paint over the wall you're like that's that is benign compared to like, but also
0: still terrifying because it's like it's that kind of at least from Stacy's perspective, is that kind of crazy of someone who you know, at least what you think you know what they're capable of, but they're eerily calm. But then they suddenly have an outburst Dude. and they just throw paint Dude. and then they're like, call the call hospital and they do it really calm and they're just like, come over to you like what the
1: fuck? Well, that is the best part. She, like, it's not even like in a weird voice. She just I hands, would have, t- I, would have to and, the or, I would have
0: backflipped my way out of that apartment in that moment. Like fuck this, <laughs> no she man is just, worth this.
1: It's like here's Stacy, call the hospital take the phone, call the hospital. And she's just sobbing because she might die. <laughs> and she then, you know,
0: might get B and would in that moment. <laughs> right.
1: And then, so she gives a, like Helen's like, peace. I'm out. Fuck this. And then like Trevor's like, Oh fuck, we got to call the hospital. And she somehow manages Also, we need to acknowledge that she has escaped from the psych hospital to her apartment mm-hmm. and then back to Cabrini green Without any interruptions, as far as I'm concerned, you know, like yeah, no. maybe she didn't have her her venture card on her, and she's like, oh, I gotta <laughs> jump the turnstile, but other than that, it's been pretty flawless, like no
0: train delays, nothing, everything's just smooth sailing
1: right luckiest then... woman,
0: luckiest and unluckiest woman on earth honestly in that on that day,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then. But she gets to, like back to the crazy apartment. She finds a hook just hanging, and she's like, "Oh, hook to hook, let's go!" And she like climbs up this hole in the f- well, the ceiling, and then it comes through the floor of, and then again, this just snoring, loud snoring ass Candyman taking a snooze. Which again, I'm like, so do you live here? Do you not just live in another dimension and then you are summoned to like? He was no, he lives
0: here. He pays rent there. He actually calls the landlord for repairs there. He like he's he's got he signed a lease. Okay, right. he he signed it in shit, but he's he he signed a lease. Okay, this is where he lives.
1: Then she hooks him. Obviously, doesn't do anything because he's dead. But then, oddly, uh, uh, yeah, right. Did it do something? <laughs> but then he's just like, yo, and that that's when he starts doing all of his his philosophical talking of. Mm-hmm. uh you know like come with him like and be it's better to live immortally through like their crimes than it is to just exist as a human and that's exactly like, he, he goes on his soapbox about talking how he and it's kind of, i was reading this article and it was talking about how again we we never learned his name but it's like irrelevant who he was in his when he was alive it's now he is this thing And Mm -hmm. like he he has held more importance and meaning in so many more people's lives as this horrible thing and this legend than he did in his real life. So he clings to it.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And which is which is, you know, his main issue with Helen, because in writing her thesis and doing her investigation, she's basically trying to disprove his existence, which is, you know, why he's so mad. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah, he, like, offers, he, like, he's, like, yeah, like, you know, surrender to me, and, like, we'll, you know, I'll, this baby will be fine. And then he, like, fucking kisses her with bees in his mouth.
1: Dude, and his ribcage, and just his person. Probably, his bee hole is probably full of bee- Like, it's a literal bee hole. <laughs> <laughs> this is just so many bees.
0: That was so dumb. But, yeah, I, I don't know, I related to Helen, like, I've also been kissed before, not with someone that had bees in their mouth. <laughs>
1: just just period. You've been But kissed. they might they might as well have had
0: bees in their mouth because like I don't like this kiss at all. Not well, one
1: bit. like she also kinda like passes out again ish. Right? Mm-hmm. Well or she's like under that trance and then she comes to and then she hears Anthony crying and then so earlier in the movie there's this big fucking junk pile like mostly furniture and stuff.
0: And uh-huh. Jake's like,
1: we're gonna burn it for the bon, like for the party for the bonfire. But then, so Helen hears Anthony at the end and crawls into that bonfire. And then Jake sees, well, she goes with her hook, and Jake only sees the hook. So he's like, yes. oh, Candyman's in there. We're gonna, we're gonna burn that guy alive. He like Even brings the fucking dead.
0: sends like the bat signal out, and the whole neighborhood comes.
1: Literally, comes the out. whole neighborhood. And then so, and you know, now we're finally like reaching the end where uh, Helen finally gets Anthony. Also, kudos to Candyman for having one arm and somehow getting this child into the smallest nook and cranny of that entire bonfire. Don't know how he did it.
0: I mean, he also can kind of fly, so who knows? He just, like, That's true. Who knows? Candyman's, the extent of his powers. He <laughs> did some crazy, like, I don't know when Guardian Leviosa bullshit and then the baby ended up in
1: there. <laughs> yeah, he was the finest schools he was sent to was actually, it was actually Hogwarts. Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then so I mean the the end it it's cool like the actual ending is very cool, but mm-hmm. as far like the lead up to the real end is, uh, you know it's when you're watching it it's very intense. You're like oh shit what's happening, because then the the whole fucking entirety of cabrini green is there setting this thing on fire mm-hmm. and then helen's like fighting Candyman off trying to save this baby like burning like rafters are landing on her and you're like how are you able to push this off of you uh white woman strength and <laughs> and then she goes she finds like a stake and drives the it strength
0: into- of her four sisters just- yeah
1: and she just stabs this <laughs> burning steak into the bee-filled ribcage of I'm Candyman. I'm sorry to
0: go on a tangent, but I just imagined, like, <laughs> to invoke white woman strength, it's almost like Captain Planet. And, like, you you have, like, the power of Susan B. Anthony, Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, Lady Gaga. And you just bring them together and you just, like, morph into, like, a super white woman. And it's just like, ah. Oh.
1: Her haircut got even shorter. And she's... <laughs>
0: the power of lena dunham i invoke thee and then she's
1: yeah like, yeah fucking and transformer which... <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah she was unstoppable Basically, oh my god <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> oh that's too that
0: uh to the white woman listening let us know is that true <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah how many how many of you does it take to turn into a megazord i'm also thinking of power rangers are you all power rangers Get back to us, write a nice five star review, and then say, PS, I am the leg of the Karen Zord or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but so so Captain Planet Helen, Captain Helen <laughs> stabs Candyman and he, you know, dies, <laughs> like is set on fire and dies. But then I mean, Helen... like, I mean
0: bees fly out of him after, That's so true. I guess it's like, yeah, basically death
1: is like he was just a bag full of bees in the end like many <laughs> yeah. of us are and then it's so a Helen, bunch of bees
0: like, wearing a man suit basically
1: <laughs> yeah you know they were like this whole story was actually just built upon like the trope of like three kids on each on each other's shoulders in a trench coat but yeah and clive barker was just like but what if they were bees yeah and they, they funded the it story <laughs> and, they, and that's how we got Candyman. <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, so Helen kills him, and then Helen dies, but not before returning Anthony to Anne-Marie's arms. Mm-hmm. And then we see the funeral of Helen being buried, being dirt to dirt, rust to rust. I'm not a good uh preacher. <laughs> being
0: dirt to dirt, rust to dirt. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, and then you know, I feel like I was gonna say she must not have had a lot of friends, and I said, oh, because they all got fucking killed by Candyman. But also, as far as everyone's concerned,
0: she murdered people because they don't know that, like, oh, actually, she like there was Candyman. It was yeah. If if you knew her, let so say you were a colleague, but as far as you're concerned, this is the woman who murdered like one of your colleagues, probably. So you're like, I'm not going to roll.
1: I guess it's really shocking. Then I mean, do you know? I don't think any of my exes would show up to my funeral and I'm not a wanted murderer yet, but like her, her ex-husband's there and Stacy and, uh, fugly Ben Franklin.
0: Well, let's not forget that that was still her husband. They were not
1: divorced. That's true. They were not divorced. That was still
0: her husband. And I think, I think that's also probably just a lot of guilt on his part of like, oh.
1: Maybe if I wasn't <laughs> cheating with these undergrads, she wouldn't have murdered these people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But then, like, She did it the- to get its
0: attention. <laughs> yeah he's such a narcissist he would believe that like she really just wanted my attention all along oh
1: my god but then <laughs> like all of the residents of cabrini green come out and then we were talking about this last time it, it's not super clear if they were like yo you helped us get rid of candy man and you gave us this baby back great or it's like you fucking were a candy accomplice
0: I think it's all because of how, like, cause changes the he basically just, like, bunts the, the hook into her grave. I think if he had, like, placed it as her her coffin was being, like, lowered into the ground, I think it would have felt more like, oh, like, I think that they were there to pay their respects, but I think they made a not-so-great choice of just having him just chuck the hook in there because it seems like a good riddance bitch kind of, like, moment. I don't think that's what they were going for, but it comes off like that.
1: You know? Yeah. I mean again, child actors. He did really well up until that point. Like his LSD. He was tired was at the end of the
0: day. He was just like he's like, fuck it. He just threw it yeah. he was like, <laughs> get back to his trailer. They were like, yo, they,
1: and they had to, they actually had to chuck that hook like twenty times because the baby kept wheezing throughout the whole scene. They're like Someone get that baby to stop wheezing. Like well, I'm not gonna have this that baby ruin another day. Yeah. <laughs> fucking they should have used a like a a good guy doll or something i don't know
0: <laughs> no one would notice <laughs> no one but would after notice. the funeral though it's like you know sometime after it's back at um you know trevor's apartment and you know he's he and stacy living together but it's clearly there's some tension i think i think it's it's played out of like oh he's like mourning the, the, death, the death of his wife so he's like you know, probably feeling really guilty and shitty. But I also what I imagine what really ha- happened here is it's not fun anymore. See, like it was an affair before it was like, ooh, it's cheeky, like oh, it's exciting. Now you actually have to like live with Stacy and like be with Stacy in this apartment. And I I imagine that if, if Helen had not died but was just locked away in the psych hospital for the rest of her life, because that was the original plan. That's would have still happened. I think he would have probably still been like sitting on the toilet while she's like trying to make steak salad or whatever the fuck she's making. Yeah, <laughs> but like angrily chopping steak. up steak as he's like just sitting on the toilet, staring off into space. Like, what have I done?
1: Oh, uh, but then you know he's sad and he's looking at the mirror, and he's just like, "Oh, Helen, <laughs> Helen, <laughs> Helen," and then he's like, "I wonder." a la pet cemetery if this is a good idea and he's like helen (laughs) helen (laughs) and then then, like she fucking shows up behind him you know like burned scalp and and she looked
0: dope she looked so good as a a burnt ghost i loved it
1: (laughs) and then she's just like what's the matter trevor are you scared and then the well you know it was gruesomely loud because Stacy had to stop cutting steak raw steak to run to the bathroom and see her beloved professor BT hold.
0: And she screams
1: and she screamed. She's
0: a, she a little bitch. What you didn't <laughs> see get BT hold before. Man? <laughs> yeah.
1: This your first rodeo. <laughs> a fucking undergrad. Fucking freshman. <laughs> right. I like it's, And then like, so that's, in essence the end but i do like during the credits it goes to presumably it's cabrini green Mm -hmm. and it's a new mural of helen and like her head like her head is like not like ghost rider on fire but kind of like a halo but it's flames (laughs) yeah but yeah you know because she now became the legend
0: yeah which i like to think that i (sighs) helen's like a bad i think helen's like a vengeance demon i think like you call on helen and she, like, does your bidding. Like, she's not going to kill you. He only, She only killed Trevor because he had it coming. But, like, if I called on um, Helen right now, and I was like, I called her, like, five times, she would show up, and then she would, like, I don't know, kill the, the girl at the supermarket who was rude to me.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter how small.
0: Yeah, she'd be like, I got you, girl. I'm like, thanks, girl. And she does it. <laughs> feminism.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if feminism isn't bt Holland someone that was rude to you
0: hey listen
1: i'm listening i'm trying to learn
0: i'm very petty <laughs> <laughs> what can i say i'm petty like I, like don't be rude to me you won't get bt holed okay <laughs> i just it's like keep your... calling helen and she's like okay like she's like a punch card for me
1: <laughs> yeah dude you're like you're t- my tech one's free <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a hell of a business.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and just like, oh, but don't don't let your ghost ass die because apparently you can do that. Yeah, no. Mm. God forbid. Right. And
0: but that's... yeah, that that was Candyman. Mm-hmm.
1: And kind of like what we definitely didn't talk about last week is this is the blackest movie we have reviewed so far.
0: It is the blackest movie, and I'm so happy we chose this one because I think it's it's truly of like horror movies that feature black people in it like my one of my favorites because it actually is like fucking scary i i, I remember many a, a, a sleepover so trying to summon candy <laughs> he never
1: asleep- came <laughs> no it's because he died because he died sneak
0: oh uh, that's true because this has been post 92 he's dead he was dead dead at this point.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not fake dead like the first time. <laughs> no. not, just, not just hook-handed bee stinging spread over Cabrini Green dead, like stabbed a second time in a bonfire dead.
0: Burned and then the bees exploded out of him dead.
1: Bees exploded.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I also do like how, kind of like when we were talking about when we did our As Above, So Below episode and we were talking about how Benji was kind of like like that black guy is like no nah, I'm not going down there I'm not doing that. But then he got like mm-hmm. you know th- plot devices happened and he goes and like Bernadette's just like I'm not going in there. Like you got I I am standing in this abandoned apartment but I'm not going through that medicine cabinet.
0: Still got killed though.
1: Still got killed. Well because of a white woman.
0: Yeah. I tried to be a good friend to her too.
1: Yeah, she came and she she spent like the extra money at Hallmark to get the I'm sorry you're wanted for murder card.
0: I know. And those are like limited um, you know.
1: It's a limited run. Yeah, they don't It's a limited make them, run.
0: Like- yeah, it's not like they only like release it like once every year. I think it's like around Valentine's Day. Like right before yeah. it. Yeah. So man. Yeah. All right, Bernadette. and hmm Mm. So yeah, that was...
1: (laughs) (laughs) I want everyone to know that when we have these nice little pauses, it's like we're just kind of staring at each other and we're like, who's going to say something? And then Soneek just is fucking tired of it. She's like, okay, we're done.
0: Yeah, I want to leave now. I'm just kidding. But um, that was Candyman. Next week, we are going to be covering...
1: Oh you're looking at me to tell all right, I caught yeah. on yeah. stage fright it's a twenty fourteen masterpiece, and I picked it because I actually was re-'cause it's a it's a horror musical, yes. so it's inherently comedic, so mm-hmm. it's well out of the scope of, you know, we've only done, like, traditional horror things that kind of have, like, you know, anything that's funny in it, it's just like, oh, that's just happenstance. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is this is just so ludicrous. It's definitely, <laughs> like, solid, solidly comedic. But I wanted to do it because uh, if you have been listening to this podcast, you have to have figured out that cynique really likes horror, but also really likes musicals she's doing jazz hands uh I am. you can hear you can hear them if you listen close do you
0: hear that. the wind that's me <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but so i really want to do it because it's ridiculous meatloaf uh the singer and the dish are both featured in this movie mm. and it is it's so stupid but i really hope y'all like it worst comes worse, I- worst it's one episode and then the next one will be not that
0: Hey, you know, that's what's so fun about this podcast is that we can run the gamut in terms of, like, types of horror. So I'm very excited to be doing, like, a horror comedy now because I think this is our this is our first one. It's
1: our first one. Our first, one.
0: Our first horror comedy. And also, um, if you guys um, want to reach out to us and suggest some movies as well, um, we're horror fans, but we don't know all of the movies that have been made. So maybe there's some that we haven't seen that you'd want to, you know, shoot over to us. I'm always down to watch something new and different
1: yeah you can hit us up on our freshly created twitter account
0: yes we are at we die first pod all one word on twitter Um, and of course we're on instagram as you probably already know so you can message us there as well if you want to and but if you don't know it's also we die first pod one word on instagram
1: so please check it out suggest some things we may listen to them we're pretty compassionate we like we like listening we like learning yes we like growing we're listening we're learning and we're growing
0: yes it might ring hollow now but it's not we mean it (laughs) (laughs) but um where can we find you andrew
1: man please tell me i'm funny on my personal twitter which is andrew underscore on underscore drums Mm -hmm. Or you can hit me up on my personal Instagram, which is Andrew John Baldwin. That's J-O-H-N. And our super funny comedy group called Diversity Hire, which is at Diversity Hire Comedy on Instagram. Awesome. What about you, Sanique?
0: Yeah. For me, you can find me on Twitter at say underscore anything. That's S-E-Y underscore anything. And also on Instagram at S-E-Y underscore S-M-Y-T-H-E. That is where I am. I also have another podcast called Everybody Wants Something. It's a Degrassi Junior High podcast. So give that a listen if you want to hear about Canadian teenagers in crisis.
1: When don't we? Oh, yeah.
0: They're very, uh, you know, very at-risk demographic, I'd say.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> At least on television. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Anything anything I care about that, the
0: youths, okay. <laughs>
1: anything that can and will happen to junior high schoolers will happen to these Canadians. And it's
0: And they really take it in stride. They yeah. do because Canadians are a friendly bunch and a resilient bunch. <laughs> so if you guys like wanna sh- that's like
1: a shitty version of the Brady bunch. It's like the resilient bunch.
0: <laughs> it's just like battle weary children basically yeah
1: it's just like the parents it's like the parents lost their jobs but they still have these 90 kids and they're like oh god what are we gonna let's teach them how to sow and plant their own crops and persevere through these hard times
0: yeah that basically just sounds like 19 kids and counting you really think about it (laughs) truly yeah but um Yeah, stay tuned. Be sure to share the podcast with other folks who might like it or who might hate it. Preferably not those people, though, because they suck. They're stupid. Um, And rate, review, and subscribe because we like to hear your feedback so we can learn how to be better and also inflate our egos. Thank you. Please. Tell me I'm good at something.
1: Yeah. Anything. (laughs) Anything. Tell me I'm mediocre at something. I'll take that.
0: I won't. Tell me I'm great. (laughs) (laughs) i aim high okay (laughs) but yeah thank you so thank you so much for listening we'll catch you guys later (laughs) peace